And welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for business opinion. Today is December 11th, 2017, and this is episode 222. Deuce is wild. Also, Chris Davis is batting average. My name is Scott Magnus. And I'm Jake English. And on today's show, we are going to recap all the exciting news from the winter meetings. Stop. Come on. Let's get serious, folks. Fine. We're going to talk about whether or not the upcoming season is enough to break your spirits. And we'll also put our liberal arts education on display as we get philosophical. And we'll do that all right after we lubricate for the show. It's time for the drink of the week. Jake, what are you drinking this evening? Double fisting tonight. Two excellent uh, choices. A Nanticoke, Nanticoke Nectar from Rawr. Rawr. I'm, I'm also drinking an Amber Ale from Bell's. Uh, previous to this, had not had anything from Bell's besides the Two-Hearted Ale. Um, this is pretty good. Yeah. Bell's does a nice little product. Sure. Uh, I am doing a Samuel Smith Organic Chocolate Stout. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Yuck. Look, you like your thing. I like my thing. Um, if you want to know what we are f- drinking on a daily, weekly, or hourly basis, follow us on Untap. Jake? I'm at Jake E4025. I'm at MAGN8606. Jake, let's find out what's going on in 280 characters or less Oof. this week on the Twitter. Uh, this first week goes into the category of when relationships sour in baseball, well, they sour pretty quickly. This tweet comes from Jeff Passan at Jeff Passan. Uh, Giacono Stanton's advice to Marlins fans: Maybe watch from afar if you're going to watch. Ouch! That's brutal. Yeah, that is brutal. He he pulled zero punches. He filleted that fish. But here's the thing: I think that this isn't all bad news. Okay, all of this Stanton to the Yankees, woe is me, heartbreak in Baltimore thing. Look, there is a rosy side to every cloud, a silver lining. And Craig Calcaterra brings us that silver lining. Craig Calcaterra, of course, tweets at Craig Calcaterra. Seeing Derek Jeter react to getting the first critical news coverage of his life is pretty hilarious. I can, ha- you know what? If I'm going to have to do the Stanton thing, let's at least let, let let's at least appreciate the little things. Scotty Stanton to the Yankees, reigning NL MVP, gets to play 81 games in the bandbox. It is Yankee Stadium. He gets to play another 19 at Camden Yards at Fenway Park, even Toronto, where the ball flies. And I guess he gets to play in the finest minor league ballpark in all of baseball at Tampa. Uh, how big a deal is this? Um, it's going to be as big as a deal as uh, how long Giancarlo Stanton's home runs are going to be. But we'll get to that in segment number one, I guess. All right. All right. Fine. Uh, so, Jake, let me ask you a question. You got any of that good stuff left? Um, I got all the good stuff left, Scotty. This uh, tweet comes from Christopher Crawford. You can follow him at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. And it goes as follows. Depato itching his neck. <laughs> Come on. You got to have some more of that IFA cash. I got to get more. Just a little taste. Baltimore, we're out, man. Our supply is gone. And I think you've had enough. DePato throws phone and starts swinging Nick Neidart by angles. I'll tell you when I've had enough. End scene. End scene. BEV Players presents. Uh, I want to talk it's about... It's like riding a bike. <laughs> I want to talk about why, why Baltimore is cursed. Look, nobody wants to come here who throws the ball. This comes from Jerry Krasnick, who, of course, tweets at Jay Krasnick. Mike Fierce? 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 I believe it's Enoa. 
has agreed, you know, uh, has agreed to a one-year, $6 million deal with the Tigers pending physical. Orioles had offered two years. Anthony Finnick first reported it was close. The Orioles offered two years, and he wouldn't take our Confederate money. Uh, to be fair, the um, the Tigers deal was a better deal. One year was a better deal yeah. than our two. Yes. They offered him more in one year than we offered in two? Uh, they offered him about the same. So the Orioles offered, what, two for 11, I think is the one report I saw out there. The Tigers offered one for six. It's the aspect of if you're looking to rebound your career, why not go for the one-year deal? Hopefully you can get you know a big payday out of it. And also, why are you going to the Orioles in the AL East and going to get lit up? Yeah, it's just a, it, it goes to show that the Orioles are in the position where they either need to A, overpay, mm-hmm. or B, grossly overpay because overpaying is not enough. It's like the dark ages all over again. Well, Jake, uh, in these dark times, I think it's important for us to always look on the bright side of life. I already did that with the Jeter thing. Uh, so this tweet come from, this is Burland. You can follow him at, at O's underscore Burland. Everyone with the underscores. Again, you have long character names. You don't need to do this anymore. I think I could swallow many to the Cardinals. At least it is in Philly or New York. Jake, how do you feel about that? Ha. Ah, um well, it's going to hurt. No matter what it is, it's going to hurt. And so, if it's not the AL East, then that's the worst, right? If he goes to the AL East and you have to watch him 19 times up close in all of his greatness, stealing things, stealing wins from you. Right. That hurts the worst. Or Hosmer could lead the Royals and then Manny could go out and play in Kansas City. Okay, goes to a, a <laughs> recently um rival team yeah that would be painful to watch but really you only play the the kansas city royals seven times a year so okay whatever best case scenario is it goes to some national league team and really i could care less you know it goes out to st louis or san francisco whatever good yeah good for fantastic. them until realignment happens <laughs> i just don't <laughs> want to have to see him all right that's the thing you, you never want to be in a bar where you run into your ex just go go find another bar, Manny. Go find another bar. All right. The last tweet goes to, so it can get worse. And this comes from Dan Zabrowski. You can follow him at, at D Zabrowski. Jimenez, Miley, Helix, and Tillman have to set some kind of record for worst group of pitchers to leave a team. But the team's pitching projections still get worse. Ouch. Well, you know, death, taxes, and the Orioles pitching getting worse. Things you can completely depend on. Absolutely. But, Scott, Dan didn't raise just one interesting point this week. I think that the rest of his performance on Twitter deserves a closer look. Dan Zabrowski, contributor at ESPN and others, uh, former guest here at Birds of View, has uh, stated that, um, well, Jake, he's out. The current situation with... He's, he's opting out? He's opting out. Uh, the current situation with the Orioles front office and ownership is too much for him to take, and he'll be back when he cha- when he changes. He tweets as follows, I've been an Oriole fan since a toddler. 
uh, like 35 to 37 years or so. Um, but when there's a point, by the way, I'm going to need to see a birth certificate. Um, long form. Long form, absolutely. Um, but when there's a point a team doesn't care about you as a fan or share any of your baseball values, are you really a fan? Until current ownership is gone or does a 180 on team philosophy, I'm out. Um, wow. And uh, we've seen faithful flock out the doors before. We know um, what empty seats at Camden Yards look like. We know what it's like to obsess over Ravens streaming camp. We've lived through the dark ages. Um, and last season, we talked about how rough it was going to be for the Orioles once their window closed. Um, and I'm left with this aspect of how badly would the fan base react um, to certain c- conditions? And well, um, if, even how bad is the fan base reacting at this given moment. Let's just, let's unpack that for a second. Sure. Uh, we like Dan. Like, but let me ask you, how uh, how legitimate are thoughts like these? Uh, considering that I'm having similar thoughts right now, it's tough. You've watched Orioles baseball your entire life. Right. And with the exception of five years in the Duquette Showalter era. Right. And a brief period in the mid-90s. Right. All you've known is terrible Orioles baseball. Absolutely. Why would now be any different? Why would now be enough to shake your fandom if 14 years wasn't? So uh, I consider this part of the maturity process. You know, during my teenage years, you know, I did not know any better. During my 20s, I was reckless, carefree. I just wanted to go out there and have a good time. And now that I'm in my 30s, I look in and say... I could be dedicating my resources to better things in this world. Oh, well, you know, Stanton's headed to the Yankees, so you could always do that. Well, I mean, I, you know, I could always do like a Josh Finver and just root for a bandwagon team like the Nationals. <laughs> I, I, You know, part of me has an issue with this because if you are a person that loves baseball and and particularly loves a specific team, you know, everybody's got a different breaking point. But by the way, don't focus on the wrestling. Focus on the podcast. I, I I have a hard time with with understanding people that reach the breaking point when all reasonable breaking points have already been afforded to us. Mm. If you made it through the dark ages, I feel like you can make it through anything. Because the thing is, is that whatever is going on here, it is it is intentional, right? Sure. It is, uh, they do have a plan, right? Regardless of, of how well executed it is, regardless of how uh, well thought out it is, they do have a plan, right? And, and that plan has netted success within a window. Sure. I, I think it's more of a situation of if we apply it to this is like saying, you know, I realize that you got a really crappy job and I realize that you haven't got a promotion in, you know, 10 years or so, but. You know, I want you to stay in that current job, even though there are offers to go to other areas and make it better. Or it's like, listen, I realize your husband's a real dirtbag, but listen, he's your husband. So you got to stay loyal to him and you can't leave him. Sorry, Grandma. You got to stay with Grandpa. <laughs> this is sports fandom, though. I ask you, how different is this than being a fan, Fairweather fan? Um, Things are not going the way I like, so I'm out until things are going the way I like. All right. So I'm going to turn this a little bit backwards in terms of it. There has been times where we have talked about this, not so much with the Orioles, but for example, the Baltimore Ravens, where you have said, I have a very difficult time 
watching the Ravens because I can't support the organization, how they are being run, and the sport that it is. Yeah, the sport changing is a lot different, though, than than the baseball. Gotcha. With the NFL, my issue is that I don't care. You don't care for the sport. I don't care. Yeah. Pass interference being completely indistinguishable from actual defense. So you still like good baseball. You just don't see it with the Baltimore Orioles that often. Yeah. <laughs> but but my question stands. So how, Bowie Bay Sox. <laughs> uh, no, that's a much better level of game, baseball than what we're saying. How how much difference is, is that from being a Fairweather fan? I I guess, you know, nobody has to be as extreme a fan as, you know, buying an 81 game package and, uh, you know, recording a podcast in your mother's basement. I mean, judging other people's fandom is a, is a dangerous slippery slope. But when I hear things like this isn't going the way I like, I'm out. Part of me says, well, you know, see ya. Don't let the door hit you. But I also don't want to see you three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now when we're in the playoffs. It's, it's just a difficult thing as a, as a fan to see, other fans, you know, quote unquote, turn their back on the team, you know, because of X, Y, and Z. But sure. I think everybody has that that experience until they reach their own X, Y, and Z, right? right? And I, I think it's more of a situation of, I, I think you're right, and this comes back to how we got into the segment, is I, I think the majority of fans will still cheer on the Orioles, but they won't cheer on the Orioles and spend the money to the degree that they have sure. over these past five years. I mean... Specifically, us, you know, we were fans through the dark ages, but we certainly didn't go out and buy a season plan during that time. We would go to the periodic game, and I'd say we probably went to, what do you think, six to six to eight, maybe six to ten games in a given season, maybe? I went to too many. Okay. I was so that's true. You were down in the city. But I would say I probably went to like six to ten games. And certainly after 2012 or during 2012, I probably started going to more like 15 to 20 games in a given season. So... I certainly do believe that if the team decides to commit to this philosophy of where they're going, it will be a situation where it will show up in the attendance and um, less money will be spent on the team, which I don't begrudge people their enthusiasm. Right. That's the thing. I mean, I, I've I've sat at games where I was one of four or five thousand people. Right. And the team deserved it. Right. You know, and, and I beat them up for years about attendance. Right. And then in 2017, the Orioles deserved every bit of lack of attendance that they that they garnered sure. the, the play. So, no, absolutely. I think it's more of a pronouncement of, but you know, again, to each to each his or her own. But let's talk about like what do you think is the net effect, right? How many Dans do you think there are out there? I would like to see, based on 2016, which wasn't a special uh, playoff run the way say 2014 was or 2012 was. There was still a lot of. Um, dissatisfaction with the the sure. team in 2016, but then it was coupled with a losing 2017. How do you? How so I don't think there has been that landmark moment yet for the common fan at this moment. I think you look at 2017 and people say, "All right, they had a losing season last year. That was to be expected. Occasionally, you're going to have a losing season. Let's come back into 2018 and address the starting pitching. Everyone's been screaming, starting pitching, starting pitching." If the Orioles go into 2018 without addressing starting pitching, I feel like the dam starts to break at that point. So you think that 2017 on its own, not bad enough to to drive people away, but 2018 and a lackluster offseason, or 2017 and a lackluster offseason is enough? I think it's a possibility that's where the dam starts to leak. And here's why I, I, I go on my, my factor of this is I can normally tell um, 
how passionate the fan base is by just walking around town and seeing Orioles gear. I remember during the dark ages, it was very difficult to find people that would wear Orioles gear, especially on like Purple Fridays or even through the weekends. Like it literally was a situation during the dark ages where Friday, Saturday, and Sunday were all Ravens gear. And it was Ravens hats, Ravens jerseys, Ravens everything. Orioles on opening day and never again. Right. And now I'm not saying that that has completely shifted, but what I say is I do see a lot more people wearing Orioles gear in terms of Orioles jackets or Orioles hats out into Baltimore, even on, you know, Ravens weekend. So I do think there is a fan base that has been really happy with what they have seen. But if they go into 2018 and there's no addressing of the starting pitching and you know Manny is going into this contract year and you know Jones is going into his contract year, Britain, Brock, and you know that, hey, it's starting to come to an end. I think that's when people start checking out. And I think that's when people start saying, I'm going to start spending my money in other regards in 20, ready for 2019. Because people are going to say, hey, if I'm going to start spending money, I'm going to go and do that vacation in 2019. I'm not going to wait and, you know, take a trip to Chicago to go see the Orioles or, you know, go to and go to under spring training. I'm just going to go and spend it anywhere else I choose. So how badly do you think a losing season at the end of that window in 2018 damages the fan base? I mean, how many people do you think are going to jump ship that aren't ready for another rebuild? I think that if you look at the current fan base, I think you'll see, I think you'll see like a 20 to 30% reduction. I mean, it's severe, but I'm going to come back to another episode we had a few seasons ago. I believe it was right before Davis signed. And we talked about the Tomei conundrum Mm. And Tommy didn't get signed, and you saw playoff attend. I mean, uh, attendance in Cleveland sink thirty percent as soon as Tommy didn't get signed. And it was this whole aspect of the fans wanted it. It may not have made good business sense, but the fans wanted it. You mean like Davis? Davis is another situation because Tommy actually might have made sense for the money that they were offering him. Davis was one of the situations where you looked at the money, and every one of the expert predictions said. Hey, I don't think he should be getting any more than, you know, 80, no more than 100. Like if it crosses 100, something's way off. And then 160, well, actually 150 came out first. Everyone's just like, what the heck is going on here? Why are the Orioles bidding so high? And then it ends at 160. And it's like they literally bid against themselves, it seems like. So the Tomei conundrum, I think, is an interesting situation to come back to because I think if the Orioles do not invest in the right player, and I think Manny may be that player. I think they could see a 30% reduction in attendance pretty quickly. I, I agree with you, but that's not even what I'm worried about. I, I think I'm ready to write off that 20 to 30% drop, and that's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. My question is, how long does the rebuild take? And I have not seen the Orioles successfully arrange themselves in such a fashion to get back over the hump. Everyone, I would argue, including the Orioles, yeah. was shocked at 2012. Yeah. And so my question is, you know, this this rebuild in 2019 and on is going to be in one of two ways. It's either going to take two to three years. No. Or it's going to be a five-plus losing streak. Yeah. And so I, I think that the fans are going to react in two different ways. If the if the Orioles have a plan right. and it's a well-publicized plan, sure. you know, kind of a uh, grow the arms, buy the bats, but with actual substance, and they say, you know, this is what's happening get on board, you know, watch Hunter Harvey and and whatever uh, else we have in the empty cupboard of of prospects and believe us and, and, you know, go with us on this. Sure. Some people will buy into that. 
Yeah. But if they buy into that and it is false goods, those people are gone. I, I think the big thing that she, we have to give consideration to is, you know, last season the Red Sox made several moves and they put themselves into a great position to go ahead and win the division. But you looked at the rest of the division and you said, it's possible for the Orioles to potentially get a wild card. There were enough teams out there that were mediocre at best that you said, yeah, the Orioles could squeak in there. Like, it's going to have to fall right, but it's possible. I look at the dynamic now of the American League, and you've got the Red Sox and the Yankees who are going to be easily mid-90 win teams. You've got the Indians defending who's going to be a mid-90s team, and you've got the Astros who are easily going to be a mid-90s team. That means you've got one playoff spot for the rest of the American League. You've got four super teams, and you've got one playoff spot. And you made a joke about this in a previous episode that said, is there ever going to be a situation where the last wildcard team could be floating around 500? And I said, there's no chance that would ever happen. We may be getting close to that point. <sighs> but I don't think the Orioles have enough. I mean, you look at them, and they're probably 10th best in the American League right now. Like, they're not even close to being up there and being able to complete for a playoff spot. I mean, I'd rank the Blue Jays and the Rays above them right now, just in terms of talent and depth. So you look at that in 2018, that's disappointing. And then you also look at the situation with the Yankees of, you have so much young talent. We had this whole conversation about, well, the Yankees are going to have to go through a rebuilding cycle. And it never came to be at all. Like, it was there for maybe a half a season at best, but... Because they can grow it and they can buy it. Yeah, but in reality, they can grow it and they don't say, hey, we're going to ignore certain aspects of, you know, scouting and international free signings and, you know, actual analytics. But anyway, this is the whole thing that bothers me. And this is why it irks me is I want to root for my home team. But at the same point of when you're so philosophically different than your home team, how do you root for that team? I mean... We're all philosophically against losing, and that didn't stop some of us for 15 years. I'm not so much philosophically against losing. Well, then you and I have some severe differences. I think Baltimore is all about losing. I think my quick question is, how are you going about the losing? Like, if you lose because you didn't spend enough money or, you know, you didn't make the right moves, but you thought they make logical sense, I'm okay with that. When you make illogical aspects and you make inane quotes about philosophy, then I've got another issue. Yeah, but you and I have both been on record saying that we would never do things the way the Duquette administration has done. And yet they've brought us, what, three playoff teams in six years? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't argue with that. I'm not satisfied with where we are today, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, that has also netted me the best baseball memories I have in my life. Oh, absolutely. And I think that you look back at this era of Orioles baseball and you say, those are some really great years, but you can also look back and say, yeah, but they did a lot of stupid things at the same point. Yeah. But this is not New York or Boston or St. Louis who somehow competes every year through devil magic. I don't know what their deal is. It's is not St. Uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't even, I hate to say it. This isn't even Miami where we do things really, really stupid and then every once in a while buy ourselves into a position where we can win the World Series. This isn't that. You mean Jeff Conine devil magic? That's right. (laughs) This isn't that. What we have is a team that has been really awful for a long time and pretty good for a short period of time and is going into an undetermined period of being really bad again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's perfectly fine, but the whole situation like we talked about of 
is it going to take two to three years or is it going to take five years? I don't think you can ask a single fan and they're going to say two to three years. I don't even feel good about five years. Right. (laughs) But if you thought the organization was well run, you would say, I think two to three years is a possibility. But if the organization was well run, they wouldn't be in this position. Oh, I don't know about that. So you think it's possible for a team to be well run and still run into a multiple year losing streak? Of course. Okay. I mean, maybe it's just because I don't have that much experience with well run clubs. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being yeah. snotty about that. I'm saying, yeah, I don't have enough experience watching well-run clubs yeah. to know the difference between, oh, it didn't work out. Because I would say that, you know, 2015 and 2017, I, I, I don't think that those errors, th- those were self-inflicted errors. Sure, but I mean, I think if you look back at, like, for example, the Red Sox, for example, the Red Sox did a lot of right things, and then they would basically fall in the last place, and then they would come back the next year and be in first place. But again, they had a lot of talent in the minors. They had to make the right moves. I mean, everybody loves chicken and wings. Everyone does her chicken and beer. Chicken and beer. Yeah. But I do think there are well run organizations that periodically run into, eh, they probably shouldn't have been as bad as they were. Mm -hmm. But you just move on from it. All right. Let me ask you an absurd question. Sure. Do you think the Orioles, through whatever losing streak is upcoming, do you think this team can ever be bad enough that fan support will be? such that the team will have to relocate um no because that is honestly the worst case scenario the the nuclear option this, that was that is the that is the thing that would break my heart the worst i think i think if you ask cleveland fans would they would you rather have the browns or no nfl team they would say yeah we'll take the browns and so, and i think so i don't think there's any way that the play on the field can get to that point I think the bigger question is, does the socioeconomic um, area allow for a team to be able to be fielded here? Such as, there's a lot of people that give crap to Peter Angelos, and I'll give him mm-hmm. crap for certain aspects. But the one thing I will say is, Peter Angelos allowed this team to stay here and basically put out you know, very decent payrolls for a long period of time. Whether that money was spent in the best places is something we can argue about, but the money was spent in the in the area. And to behold, you know, Camden Yards has been a tourist mecca and has revitalized the entire Inner Harbor area for Baltimore for the past 25 years, basically. It, to a certain regard, saved Baltimore, I think, in that given region. In that given region. But if an owner comes in and says... All right, Peter has passed away. John does not want to have any part of the organization anymore besides owning his share of Masson. And he sells it to someone, and this individual has no interest whatsoever of staying in the Baltimore area. And a desire to make money. And a desire to make money. Yeah, I could see them moving it to another city. The only reason I say it's probably not going to happen is if Major League Baseball is serious about basically realigning and expanding to 32 teams— I don't see how and where the Orioles would move um, that would be a bigger market than Baltimore. Sure. I look at Portland and I look at Montreal, and if that's the 31 and 32 teams, I don't see another market that says, yep, that's a better market than Baltimore um, at this time. I think you might see equal markets, but I don't think there's a bigger market than Baltimore right now. But 10 years from now, maybe it's Nashville. Maybe it's Charlotte. Mexico City. Mexico City. But for the time being... No, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. 
10 plus years out at least. That's that's my only worry in all of this, right? My my only worry in all of this is that we're going to get on our high horses as a collective group of fans and say, oh, I'm not getting the winning teams I deserve. We're not getting the kind of organization that we deserve. Let's let's not go to the games. Let's not watch mass and let where where where, where did you where where did you guys go? I mean, seriously, all it takes is a generation's worth of lack of interest and the question of will a team relocate isn't so silly. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, if that happens and the team moves out, then you know, Nestor Parisha can write in his grave, I finally did it. <laughs> You know, Scott, if we're going to get silly and we're going to get philosophical about this, I think we need to do it right. Mm. Do we have to? I'd rather not participate. Scott, we've been alluding to it all episode at this point uh dan duquette who frequently says things that make me shake my head in awe and wonder has done it again scott apparently the orioles don't go after international free agents because it's something they don't philosophically participate in they don't philosophically participate in scott I'm a liberal arts major, all right? I have a BA and BS, and I do not understand what it means to philosophically participate. They don't apparently want to philosophically participate in winning. And there's plenty that I haven't philosophically wanted to participate in, such as that parking ticket I got. But regardless of whether or not that fits into reality or not, you and I have been thinking a little bit. Yes. About what else the Orioles, or more specifically, what specific Orioles may or may not philosophically participate in. So uh, let me just bring this one up uh, as an example. Okay. Scott, there are plenty of games where I am pissed off. What? Because, I know, I know. You fair weather fan, you. (laughs) I'm pissed off because Chris Davis fails to philosophically participate in swinging the bat. Hmm. So it would kind of be like Mark Trumbo philosophically will not participate in fun of any kind on the baseball field. Thought we were going to say pie, didn't you? Sorry, that honor goes to David Lowe. Uh, <laughs> Scott, this one, I uh, can't believe I'm going to say this out loud on mic. Uh, Buck Showalter, uh, f- famously in an interview, yes. um, in a very tough time for the city, philosophically did not participate in being black. He did say that. Uh Jim Palmer, one of my favorites, does not philosophically participate in giving up grand slams. That's true. And he just does not, the philosophy... Except in spring training against Chris Hoyles. All right. While we're on the topic of announcers, it is true that Gary Thorne does not philosophically participate in pronouncing names correctly or uh, in accurate calls. But, uh, But we do love him. We do love him. Also, I would say that Jim Hunter does not philosophically participate in calling the game up and down. But that's neither here nor there. Or... Protestant charities. <laughs> Presby Holmes does not get a. <laughs> Bobby Dickerson does not philosophically believe in keeping one's arms down at your sides. One does not simply put your arms down. No. Uh, Roger McDowell does not philosophically believe in swallowing his spit. And Manny Machado does not philosophically participate in decent tattoo art. 
That's so mean. <laughs> this show is so mean, but that is that is a coup de gras. Uh, Scotty, bonus. Oh, bonus. Former Oriole wing of philosophy. Former Oriole philosophical wing. Okay. Uh, J.J. Hardy. Since we don't have anybody on a roster right now, so. <laughs> <laughs> no one of note on the 40-man roster. I know I looked. You say, see, you say I don't, I don't uh, plan for these segments. No, no, no. I looked up the forty-man roster, and there it you was, go. It was a bit disappointing. We didn't do a Darren O'Day one, but that's true. That's uh, because I didn't want to get into philosophy. Um, JJ Hardy did not philosophically participate in complicated handshakes. Mm. I'm really bummed. He's a former Oriole at this point. Uh, you know, if we're going to do former Orioles, we've got to go. Abdul Jimenez doesn't philosophically participate in pitching. Uh. You know, this happens to be next one, but I'm going to defer to you because this is this is all you. Jake, you've already made a black comment, so uh, let's do Delman Young uh, doesn't philosophically participate in the Sabbath. <laughs> also, points for tolerance. It's true. Uh, Rafael Palmero did not philosophically participate in proper congressional etiquette. Or B12 shots. <laughs> nor, nor understanding what 53 means. Why don't you go ahead and take the next one? Oh, that's right. Of course. Cal Ripken Jr. did not philosophically participate in Days Off, but it is rumored that he philosophically participated in a beatdown of Kevin Costner. That's true. And more importantly, Brady Anderson did not philosophically participate with Cal's wife. Of course not. Of course not. He did, however, philosophically participate. No. 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 Backwards. Back. Pull it out. (laughs) But I will say. Put it back in. I will say that there are many people. Who philosophically participated with a Brady Anderson poster on their wall. Absolutely. There it is. All right. So Orioles fans or anyone else who's happened to catch this episode, what did we miss? What other Orioles uh, philosophically participate or do not philosophically participate in what? Please tweet us at BirdseyeViewBAL. Hashtag Phil Parr. That's right. P-H-I. No, we don't have to. We get 280 characters. Right. Philosophically participate. There you go. Hashtag philosophically participate. By the way, hat tip to Andrew Stetka for putting this segment idea into our heads. Many thanks, sir, for filling up the uh, endless vacuum, which is the offseason. Andrew, this is all your fault. It is all your fault. And with that, Jake, why don't you go ahead and blow the save? Scotty, I have an idea... And it is brewing. Okay. It is, uh, it's not quite mature. Okay. It's not an immature thought, because that is usually my way. No, Hunter Harvey cannot pitch for the Orioles in the rotation next year. I have a, I have an incompletely developed thought. So this is an inkling. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a hint of a thought. Okay. Here's the thing. Um, I have never, ever been in a suite at Camden Yards. Okay. And it strikes me that either in 2018 or after, it's probably going to become less expensive to watch a game in the suites. Um, so you would think. <laughs> but I got to thinking. You may be incorrect there. The suites are pretty expensive. Oh, right? yes. Um, and it's not just the, the expense of the ticket. It's also the food that mm-hmm. goes with it. Because as liberal as the policy is at Camden Yards for bring your own food, I believe, and I haven't done my research, shocking, uh, completely, uh, but I believe that you, you have to get some sort of catering package for one of the suites. So here's the thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm becoming interested in throwing a party at a ball game. 
Jake, okay. Jake English wanting to throw a party. Yeah. Color me surprised. Yeah. So I, I got to think, okay, a party at Oreo Park Camden Yards in a suite. It's going to be fancy, right? Because yeah. we're going to be in a suite. We can't slum it in a suite. I need a really good uh, party theme for uh, for a, a Orioles suite, like an, like an Orioles toga party where everybody shows up in a toga okay. of different Orioles, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, patterns, but it doesn't have to be that. I mean, it could be full tuxes and gowns. I mean, it could be anything. So you're saying we could wear pinstripes and come cheer on the Yankees. No, oh, you're hurting my feelings, but I need some help from you and from the listener community. What is a good party theme to throw in a suite? If we come up with a good one, and we can figure out a way to make it not crazy expensive. Maybe at some point in the 2018 or, you know, in 2019 when it's really cheap, um, season can throw an Orioles-themed party at a suite. This seems like a perfect thing for Be More Around Town to uh, try to coordinate. It does. It does. But I want I want goofy uh, dress-up themes mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe some ideas about the kind of uh, food and drink that, that would need to be provided. Okay. So, folks, uh, Jake is actually asking you to do the work for him, which, again, is not new. Not new. Not new. Um, but uh, hit us up with some suggestions either through um, just a tweet and or a DM on Twitter. We would uh, greatly appreciate it. And that is our show. Remember, you can find this in our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and many others. But please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback and it encourages other people to listen for the first time, even during these slow times. We love meeting new people and talking Orioles baseball with other diehard fans. You know, the ones that don't jump ship. Email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You know, you can also get us at Jake at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com and Scott at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. And it's out. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. But the best way to find us, of course, is on Twitter where we tweet at birdseyeviewbal. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, good luck with these winter meetings. I bid you all a fond adieu-adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And let's go O's. At least for the time being. Scotty, do you think they plan to do anything besides the Rule 5 drafts in the uh, winter meetings? No. Philosophically opposed? Philosophically opposed. It's over. Go home. Go.